Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Spark. How's it going, Spark? I'm good. I got two fantasy drafts today. Time to make that money. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I used to really be into, like, fantasy football and stuff like that. I, I, I suck when it comes to fantasy hockey because I just don't really... I'm the worst Canadian. I don't watch hockey. So, if you're like, where who's going to be the best performer this year? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Some dish. Some dude with a hockey, <laughs> hockey stick, I guess. Some dude. Just say Austin Matthews. <laughs> Austin Matthews. I know. There you go. Uh, I do know Connor McDavid's pretty good in hockey, and I only know that because uh, my late grandfather would tell me all the time. He's like, Connor McDavid's the best guy I've ever seen in hockey. And I'm like, all right. So that's my one contribution to the discussion on hockey. Uh, and also with us, as always, although I haven't seen you in a while, Adam. You, you're off, you know, I don't know, working yeah. out a trade or something. I don't know. You're back. Yeah, the government called me and had to go on some secret missions. And... Not supposed to really talk about it, but uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, but no, I just had a few personal things to work out in my life here, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, just back here, back at it. Also, not watching hockey. I'm a terrible Canadian, but uh, you know, <laughs> okay. just keep pushing. Trust me, I've tried to watch hockey. I give it a fair shake every so often, and every time I try it, it's like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Although I will say, if I'm actually at a hockey game, like physically in the rink or whatever, I'm more interested, I'm able to keep up, I'm more engaged with it than when it's on TV, so maybe the solution, sure. solution is yeah. to just go watch more games in person, but that's also expensive. Anyways, uh, you know what else is expensive? Making these fucking Marvel movies, they ain't cheap. You know, Kevin Feige's gotta go empty his piggy bank every time he wants to make one, he's like, do I got enough money to make this fantastic four movie? I don't know. That's probably not how it goes, but I just want to imagine they're like emptying their piggy bank to pay for Fantastic Four. Uh, on the Fantastic Four front, we do have some new information. Uh, WandaVision director <clears throat> Matt Shakeman, uh, he was rumored to have signed on to helm Fantastic Four, although I don't think this is a rumor anymore because uh, the trades are reporting that he is still in talks, although I guess he hasn't officially taken the job. Although, uh, to kind of lend more uh, credence to the rumor, uh, Paramount's new Star Trek movie officially has lost uh, Mashaik Min as director, and they cite uh, that they 
had lost him due to Marvel's Fantastic Four. So Rebel Studios now saying we lost our director because he's going to work on Fantastic Four. They even said we regret that talking to him in the line. So I, it's not official, but I think it's everything but official. Words fail me on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah, what do you all think? Long Mission director working on Fantastic Four. You know, I'm not really familiar with the work of either director. Um, I have still yet to see one division, so hmm. just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, so you spark. You got the, the mic. Uh, yeah, I though I did not uh, think WandaVision was top-notch. I certainly thought that um, the directions they chose to go as far as style and cinematography were inspired, and, like, I appreciate the effort, and I see the talent, so it wasn't like, this is bad. It was like, this is very much not for me. So, um, I don't... The, I don't think... I don't think fan, I'm gonna, I think Fantastic Four could be good, is, is what I'm saying, based on uh, what I've seen them do. Yeah, I I like to think that we're kind of in a good place right now where, um, you know, right now, uh, Marvel, I think, they've, they've had a few failures, and I think they're they're going to hopefully improve things, because I'll be honest, the last, like, year or so of Marvel movies probably arguably even more, but a little disappointing, so... I think I'm a little kind of curious, like, okay, what do you do to um, bring this movie back and make it more interesting? And uh, I don't know. I think he's a decent director. Uh, I think with the problem with these Marvel shows is they kind of go on a little too long. They let their stories kind of gestate for a little too long. Uh, but if I'm thinking about this from the standpoint of you're going from a TV show to a movie, you kind of avoid those issues at least less so with a movie because you kind of have to keep things tight to like a two hour two and a half ish hour runtime so i think it actually would work out better i think uh even though we i don't know if he's ever done a movie like that's what i'm like trying to look up because i know he's worked on the tv side of things and that's one thing but i don't know if he's done a lot of stuff with movies that's what I'm trying to be like. I wonder if he, if his style translates well to TV or to movies. Because, yeah, he's done shows like The Great on Hulu, uh, Game of Thrones. He did some stuff, WandaVision. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. So he's typically a TV guy. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does now that he's playing with a movie, which is a bit more of a truncated runtime. So I don't know. I think there's a chance it'll be good based on, like, there was some good stuff about WandaVision, and again, I think we're going to kind of avoid some of those issues you had with WandaVision because it's a movie and not a TV show. So, I don't know. Cautiously optimistic. Uh, still don't know who the cast of Fantastic Four is. But I wonder if they'll bring back uh, the guy that they had play him in Multiverse of Madness, Jim from The Office. John Kaczynski. Yeah, because... Everyone saw that, and I think that was just initially just meta stunt casting, like, uh-huh, we're just fucking with y'all. But I think, I think there's a good chance he might come back. I mean, he, that seemed to go pretty well for them, so. I don't know. Would you want to see him come back, or would you rather someone else? I'd watch. Sure. Show up for Jim at the, as, as Reed Richards. 
Uh, I mean, he he like died though, right? Like I thought Wanda like killed him. Yeah, yeah. But that, that universe. universe. Yeah. Have to be. Oh, okay, yeah, right. I guess he could be like like a like a different universe version of of himself, or yeah. Yeah, you really nothing nothing stops anything from being being dead in this universe. So. Yeah. All right. Well, on to other news. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We got our first look at Spider-Punk and Cyborg Spider-Woman. <laughs> this movie already sounds wild, and I love it. I'm here for Across the Spider-Verse. Um, but yeah, they had like some promotional uh, packaging they're going to use for like the toys and other stuff, some uh, images for t-shirts and stuff have leaked, and yeah, just kind of showing some of the different iterations of Spider-Man that we're going to see. Obviously, that was a big part of the last movie was seeing all these different characters uh, that we've uh, never seen in some cases before. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe not the most interesting news, but shows that we're getting Spider-Verse eventually. Oh, um... Spider-Punk was my favorite costume to wear in the Spider-Man video game, so that's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, that was a pretty fun one. I always liked the um, the animated one, the, the one was kind of like the classic cartoon style. Mm-hmm. Then, like, it would have its superpower or whatever was, like, the quips. And they were just really bad dad jokes. They were amazing. <laughs> okay. Um... DC's Kevin Feige found, question mark. Uh, producer Dan Lin is in talks to take control of film and TV for the superhero arm of Warner Brothers. So, uh, seems, seems fine. I don't know, I don't really know anything about this guy, but it just was like, seems, seems capable. He worked on the Lego Batman movie. He worked on oh. the It movies. Who good. Yeah, so... He's, he's just kind of like your typical producer, but he seems young. Like, I looked at looked at him, like, this guy looks like he's, like, pretty young. I don't know how old he is, but not like age has to necessarily determine whether someone's going to be good or not. But I was just surprised. I was like, I was expecting some old white dude, and then he said he's like, oh, shit, he's apparently 50 years old or 49 years old, but he just looks very young. I don't know how this is possible. Illuminati lotion or something like that. <laughs> He honestly looks like he'd be like 25, 30, and he's 49 years old. What the fuck? Like, this is just so bizarre. Again, yeah, not... I, was, I, was, I thought he was pretty young, too. <laughs> he's he's aging well. secretly 49. Holy shit. I'll be right back. Okay. I, um, yeah. I, I know this guy, too. Originally, apparently, he was, um, he was producing... Uh, the Justice League movie that George Miller was working on back in the day. Um, okay. And so apparently he was always kind of like DC was the one that got away from him. Because um, that, that didn't fall through, I think, because they were, they were having like the, the screenwriter strike and everything uh, back at the time. Um, so I get, yeah, it's kind of interesting. He has some um, some history there for having having planned to do some like the Justice League and then some spinoff projects. Um, so maybe he'll I don't know, I wonder if he'll revive some of that, or might, um, obviously he's kind of been in the planning stages of, of that kind of thing before, so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he manages, and hopefully he can bring this whole DC universe together. Yeah, I think it's just very promising that, like, the movies he has worked on have been relatively good, like, mm-hmm. the Lego Batman, 
but it's a pretty good movie by all accounts. I think most people really enjoyed that one. Uh, it pretty good movie. So I think I'm in my mind. I'm like, okay, it's promising that we got a guy that knows what he's doing. So that's that's something. I mean, Walter Homada just seemed like he didn't have any fucking clue what he was doing. So yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Walter Homada, but the truth is. You probably didn't know fucking jot shit, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, at the same time, too, like, I, I, I feel like literally anybody could probably do this job better than Walter Hamada, so I'm like, yeah, maybe this guy is, like, gonna be good, but then again, I feel like a lot of people could probably do a job better. I could probably do a better job than Walter Hamada, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we, we just need someone who's, like, you know, reasonably smart, like... You know, yeah. just just give us a Superman movie, give us a Batman movie, you know, like, get the basics, you know, of what you would think to do with the DC characters. Mm. Like, so, you know, Hamada was just like, here's Shazam, and here's Birds of Prey, and people are like, what is, what about, like, the main characters? But, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, we can just get some good movies out. Um, yeah, build it around. I think build it around the Trinity, and whether you're going to reboot, it's, they'll probably just reboot, I imagine, but... I saw yeah. there was a report that came out from that hashtag show that basically said they were going to either, like, cancel projects that were not in development, like, fully in development, uh, and the rest were going to all be phased out. I, said, I think they said, like, the big thing was, like, the Batman movies will finish their trilogy, and we're going to get, obviously, the Joker sequel. But he's, they said, like, after that, it's basically going to be, like, a soft reboot of, of Justice League. Which, honestly, I think is probably for the best. Like, as much as I have no problems with the Snyderverse or anything like that, like, I don't know. It, it seems like it's increasingly becoming harder to, like, make it happen again. Um, well, yeah, and I think, you know, Zach's pretty, like, comfy over at Netflix there, and yeah. I think he's starting to make a two or three year first look deal with them. So I think he'll probably um, do it too. Like, yeah, he like, probably because they seem to be letting him make whatever he wants, unlike yeah. uh, Warner Brothers. So yeah, so I I don't even know if he would come back even even with the new new people in charge and all that. But yeah, maybe they'll just still use his his casting and characters, but. Yeah, you can't really restore the Snyderverse without Zack Snyder, so and that's yeah. probably not. He's you know he's probably he's happy at Netflix, so. Well, I'm looking at this yeah. report again too. They did say like some actors might still carry over, so I guess you might still get some actors from that carrying over. Yeah. So. Maybe, just, maybe we get variants in, in DC too. Yeah. Well, this art this article has been proving to be more or less correct because I've been reading it. I read it a while ago, and then there were, like, a lot of the stuff that they mentioned started to happen, and I was like, oh, shit. So I started rereading it, and now I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe they're onto something. But, um, yeah. Dan Lin, I, I'm going to say, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to give him a, sh a chance. Mainly because, uh, you know, if we're looking at, like, the one piece of superhero DC thing he did, and that was Lego Batman, like, that was pretty good. Is it a top-tier triple a movie no but i think it at least shows that he knows what he's doing and has a respect for the audience and whatnot so yeah if that's what we have to go off of put him in coach i think he's ready please stand then yeah make us, us. make us dc fans proud yeah make movies that people actually care about unlike batgirl i'm sorry but batgirl did not interest me in the slightest now that it's canceled i'm a little like 
I would have I would have liked to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I had a certain curiosity factor that at this point, but when it was actually like gearing up for production, I was like, I don't really care about this. Anyways, speaking of the Batman, Batman Two finally moving forward as Project Powers. Matt Tomlin joins Matt Reeves as co-writer on the sequel. So we're getting Batman Two, which again they said that they're going to be completing this Batman trilogy, which I'm glad. I want them to finish it. I. I you know, I don't have any expectation that's going to continue on past the third film, but at least we're getting production on the second film here. So, mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to see Mr. Freeze. I think that's kind of like one of the hot things people want to see, or cold things people want to see in the sequel. But yeah, I'd like to see some new villains like we haven't really seen before in live action, or at least not for a long time. So, you know, you yeah. could do a, a proper non-goofy Mr. Freeze. Yeah, you know, give us give us like a a more realistic like like Robin even like that'd be really cool. Yeah, um, yeah I'm excited. I, I hope they don't do Joker. Like I know they tease Joker at the end, but I, I hope they just kind of not not do Joker and like do do some other stuff. But, yeah, I we'll see. see. This is what I would like. This, this is just my own personal like. Oh, if they did this, I'd be I'd be happy with that. It's like maybe in the second movie you actually have to have Batman working with Joker. Like, they have to have some sort of, like, tentative, like, agreement. But then typical mm-hmm. Joker fashion, he fucks over Batman. But then that sets up, like, the third film where it's more like Joker versus Batman. Mm-hmm. So I'd be fine with that. But yeah, I think, like, for the second film, like, if they wanted to do Mr. Freeze, I think that would probably be a good route. We haven't seen him in a while. I think that could be done well. Plus, like, the imagery of, like, the place covered in ice and snow would be pretty interesting, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, especially because the, the whole city's flooded and all in no man's land, and that could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman Lost Kingdom once again gets moved around like a divorced parent's kid that no one wants. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, it's now Christmas 2023. I, when was it, what was it last set to? I can't even remember. Was it like. So, yeah, I think it was March. And then I think uh, Shazam took took its place, which was like March seventeenth, uh, I think, twenty twenty three. That's crazy. Oh yeah, they kind of they pushed those both back. Yeah, Christmas twenty. That's like that's over a year away now. Yeah. Gosh. This... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. If this is true, but I heard like uh, like Warner Bros. Discovery. Apparently, they only really had like enough working capital to, to release like, like two movies this year. So. They were kind of like, well, shit, and just had to, like, push everything back. I don't know if that makes sense, because I think, like, the money that was put into this was put in well before they took over. I heard that, too, and I was kind of wondering about that, but I was thinking, I don't don't know if that logistically lines up, because I think, like, Warner Brothers' pre-discovery merger would have been the ones that put the money into this. So, I mean, they would have to front the marketing costs, but, I mean, that's not going to be... That's not as much as what they would have had to put into for like the full production of the movie. So, I don't know that. That I don't know if it adds up, but yeah, they might just be trying to save money, or but I mean, they've been cutting a lot of stuff. Trying, to, it seems like they're really trying to save on the taxes, and yeah, trying, I don't know. Maybe they're just not prepared to spend those marketing bucks right now, or it, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but yeah, yeah, I'm just like. Just give me the fucking movie at this point. Like, 
Why are we waiting so long for this fucking movie? Like, like Aquaman who? What? Oh yeah. Yeah. So just not really into it. I'm I'm losing interest in this movie. And now we hear of all this dumb shit like how uh, Mira or whatever um, uh, Amber Heard's character is like awkwardly being written out and all this, and it's just like nothing about this really interests me. Like at this point, honestly, I'm just like get it. Let's get it over with. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, Ezra Miller reportedly met with Warner Brothers executives to apologize for their negative impact on The Flash. Which I, good. I mean, it's probably yeah. good that you apologize. Some people were even saying in the article that this was the quote-unquote most important meeting of his career, or their career. I'm sorry, I guess you're supposed to use they, them pronouns with, yes. with mm-hmm. Ezra. But yeah. Um, yeah, so. Good that they apologize, but also... Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine, you know, with all these new headline, news headlines, uh, you know, it was only a matter of time before they, they had to set, uh, you know, sort of sit them down and kind of be like, hey, can we just, like, keep it together until the movie comes out? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can say, like, you're sorry, cool, but, like, look what you did. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, like, that doesn't, people aren't going to go see this movie now because of you. Yeah. So, about that. <laughs> yeah, but, and honestly, I, I mean, mean, if it's, like, the movie's still a year off, I think, or roughly, or, so I, I don't know, I mean, hopefully, you know, he's probably just, like, keep it together, please no more, you know, new stories, you know, or, yeah, we're going to alienate the entire audience from seeing this thing. Yeah. I think the apology means anything, though. This burst in. Oh, hello. I've been here for like half an hour. What the heck? Oh, no, not half an hour. Well, that would be before. Well, okay, I've been here like close to half an hour. Okay. Katie's always watching. Katie's like the cat that just hangs out in the corners. Cat's like, hey. Thank you. Oh, Katie, nice to have you here. Hi. <laughs> um, um, I have to chime in and ask him the way. Okay, back to lurking in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. We'll see. I, I, the, the thing about this that I find kind of funny is, like, I feel like all this is just being done just to, like, keep the movie in a decent enough standing that it's going to make some box office money. Like, I don't think they actually care about, I don't know if they, I don't know if they care, care about Ezra. And I don't know if he cares about them. I feel like at this point, they're just like, can you just like not be a fucking terrible piece of shit long enough for us to put this movie out and make our money? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's, it, it sounds shitty to say, but I think that's honestly where they're at. So. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got to. Yeah. Like, hey, just behave so we can make our money, okay? Like, like Please. do what you want after the movie's out, but before, just just don't. Which I, I feel a little conflicted about on a certain level. So I'm like, eh, that doesn't vibe very well, does it? Um, Alright, Planet of the Apes. Uh, Owen Tech, whoever that is. Anyways, set to take over from Andy Serkis as the lead ape in the new movie. So, they did say it won't be Caesar, because Caesar 
died. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Caesar died. At the end of the last Planet of the Apes movie. I kind of wonder what they're going to do with this new one, because are they going to kind of work towards more of like the classic Planet of the Apes like we had with the Charlton Heston movies? Or are they going to kind of just do something else? I guess you could also have it where like the apes and the humans have a more tentative kind of like truce going, but that would be kind of boring. I don't know. I have no idea where they're going to go with this new apes movie. But I am curious, at the very least. That was a good series. Yeah. Yeah. That was three very good movies. And I even count the James Franco one as being pretty good, too, even though I think compared to, like, the other two, it's not nearly as good, but still pretty solid for a movie. Cool. Yeah, I, I hope they can do it justice. It's kind of interesting trying to continue on from that trilogy, but um, I, I thought it ended in a pretty good spot. But, That's I mean, yeah, I, I guess they could just keep going up until, like, you know, like what the kind of original like Planet of the Apes is like super futuristic and mm-hmm. I don't know, like the monkeys are like rounding up humans in the wild and stuff and I don't know, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we really need that, but I guess, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I'm curious where, where, what direction they're going to take it because I would imagine like having a full-blown Planet of the Apes reboot would be pretty interesting and pretty cool. Especially because they've done the work to set that all up, but who knows what they're going to want to do. They might take their time building up to that still, so. Okay. Um, okay. Batgirl director tried to retrieve footage from canceled movie only to find that Warner Brothers had deleted it. Just, it's very strange. And then there's, like, other stuff saying that apparently they're holding a quote-unquote funeral screening for the movie on the Warner Brothers backlot just showing it for like a select few insiders it's like what the fuck is going on over there just people just being fucking weird I mean I, I guess yeah they want to show it for the cast and crew like have one screening producers and everything but, but I, it's kind of weird to just outright delete it I, I don't know if that's like, like a legal thing they have to do if, if they say they're not going to release it or yeah I, I don't know yeah maybe she <laughs> Should have took a page out of Zack Snyder's book and just took all the footage with her, like, before she left, you know? Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, let's uh, see here. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot has been put on pause and no longer looks likely to happen. So, uh, you were hoping for a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Keep on... Keep on holding on, because you ain't getting it. I think I would have actually wanted to see a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think we've kind of progressed far enough as a society now that you could kind of bring some interesting new ideas to it. Sure. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't care much about <laughs> that, but good for the people that do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of reboots... Or things that people maybe don't necessarily want. Uh, a Ferris Bueller spinoff produced by mm-hmm. Cobra Kai producers in the works of Paramount will focus on the two valets that take the car for a joyride during that movie. So, case of a parallel story to the original. Interesting. I don't know if I fully hate this yet, but I do think it has potential to be awful. Especially if they try to, like, CGI a young... Matthew Broderick into the movie or something like that, like that would just be awful. 
from the original movie and like I, I have a feeling they'll do that like they'll kind of interweave some characters and, and moments from that original film to kind of tie it all in together otherwise yeah, what's the point of doing a story like this I guess but yeah I'm really curious about this I'm not fully writing it off but I'm not fully on board yet either wait and see uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins the cast of The Boys season 4 so Aaron excellent cast yeah, Eric Kripke, who works on the show, he used to work on Supernatural, so he seems to be bringing all of his Supernatural buddies onto the show, because he brought mm-hmm. on Soldier Boy last season, um, and now they're bringing on Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see him fitting right in with, with the rest of the boys. I think it'll be like an older hero that's retired or something, they go track, track him down or something. That. Mm-hmm. He's been good in everything I've seen him in, so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, keep it, keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, speaking of keeping it coming, HBO produced House of Dragon or House of the Dragon for season two. So hopefully you're enjoying the show because you're getting more of it. Yeah, that was quick. It was like after the first episode. Like, okay, well, people like it. Here's season two. It, like, literally crashed HBO Max, and, like, it gave them their biggest premiere ever. So, yeah. I think it was bound to happen. I mean, such a strong response. People were going to be checking it out. So, yeah, House of the Dragon coming for season two. Uh, I'm going to join it. We'll talk about it a bit. I have it down for a recap. I don't know if anyone else has been watching it, but we can talk about that later. I didn't watch it yet. Someone has been holding me up. Ooh. Oh, we'll avoid spoilers when we talk about it, but, yeah. Uh, speaking of, when they did uh, show House of the Dragon, they gave us a little bit of a promo for the Last of Us series, so we got our first look at some footage from HBO's video game adaptation. Uh, looks pretty solid. I don't know. As with anything, I'm like, this could, this could disappoint me, but... I don't know, I was watching it, I was like, this, this seems pretty good, actually. Like, I'm kind of tentatively on board for this. Uh, what did any, everyone else think? I, I think I saw this, I, I saw, like, a trailer with, like, a bunch of HBO shows, and there's like, one or two scenes from The Last of Us. Oh. Like, that's the promo thing. Yeah. There, there was one that was longer. Like, oh, it was, okay. it was, like, oh, well, it's probably around, like, a minute long in total. And it was, like, yeah, just a bunch of random scenes, but, like, yeah, it, it showed off you know, the world and what it looks like, stuff like that, so. I mean, I'm a big fan of the game, so I just, I just hope they do it justice, and from what I've seen so far, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal's good. The little girl from Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm willing to give them a chance, see what they can do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Netflix renews the Umbrella Academy for a fourth and final season, so wrapping things up for the Umbrella Academy, which has been mostly a good show. I think it, it kind of is starting to wear out. It's welcome, which is why I think ending it on a fourth season probably makes sense. Um, so, yeah. 
That's probably coming next summer, I would imagine. But it's not for totally uh, undue chorus or reason, because it sounds like uh, the showrunner's already ready to move on, because he, the, the Brother Academy showrunner, is going to be adapting Horizon Zero Dawn as a Netflix series featuring Alloy, Alloy, whatever her name is from that game. So, Aloy. Aloy. <laughs> stupid name. I'm sorry. The game itself yeah. was fun. I played a little bit of it, but the name the name sucks. Could have gotten a better name than Aloy. Um, yeah. So I guess in a way, moving on to bigger, better things. Um, they did say it would be live app, live uh, action too. So I'll be curious how they adapt like the robotic dinosaurs in that world because that's that would be a tough feat for a Netflix series, I think, to kind of get that looking good. So I'm a little like uh, wait and see on that. But presumably, if they can make that work from a visual standpoint, then I'd be curious to see what they can do in that world. Probably have to have a pretty big budget, so. Yeah. Play that video game, so I don't know. Yeah. Fun. It's a fun game. I just I played like three or four hours of it, and I just moved on to other things. And I keep telling myself I want to go back and play it, but I never have. So I don't know. Maybe I will one day, but not right today. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and review some stuff, and then we'll recap some stuff, movie club some stuff, and then we're just going to stuff some stuff. All right, back in a bit. Hey, everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Let's review some stuff. Um, let's first talk about The Invitation, which I guess is the quote-unquote big movie out in theaters right now. Uh, uh, it's a movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big old movie, all right. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a vampire movie, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on in this movie. I think, Spark, you saw this movie as well, right? Yes. Uh, what did you think of The Invitation? Uh, so, to be fair, I saw a preview for this, and I was like, this is going to be a bad movie. Um, but it was kind of the only thing that came out that I was like, at least not really interested. My expectations were wild. Uh, and I did enjoy it. It made one of the only there, but I, I reckon she to get thrones. But uh, vibe wise, this, this movie has you know vibes, but also the regular vibes of most movies that we ever It's also not really fair because most most movies are better than most. Um, I think it did decent. I think that. Very predictable, so if you're looking to be like shocked or opposite to people, but if you're gonna see, you know, hot, hot people be vampire, which is what most vampires are, succeed. And uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because like when I watched the trailer for this, it looked like some weird amalgamation of like Get Out and that movie 
with um, the the girl that gets married and then has to like play hide and seek with the family yeah. ready or not. Like it seemed like a weird like combination of those two movies, and then I watched it and and then I was like, this is a hundred percent what that is. Like this movie is. Like the screenwriters were probably watching both movies in the background. They're probably like, oh, I got this great idea. What if I combine these two? And then mix in a little bit of Dracula. Um, yeah, I, I said it in another review I did for a radio station uh, on this movie. I said this movie basically feels feels like a, just a very unoriginal movie. Like when people say there's no original ideas in Hollywood, you could probably point to a movie like this and be like, yeah, th- this is why. Like we're just... It's just regurgitated and recycled stuff that we've seen before. Um, I, there was a, a, I do think what maybe saved the movie was there was a few twists and turns that were, I don't know, mildly interesting. I don't want to say they were like totally groundbreaking or totally out of the blue, but interesting enough that I was like, huh, that was kind of an interesting twist. But uh, I, I like... Also, too, the movie, like, in all of its trailers and promotional materials, it kept saying, like, oh, there's so many good twists in this. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess because, like, I was setting myself up, like, can you keep saying that? And then I'm like, what are these good twists? And then I was like, eh, like, I think we're hyping this up a little bit too much. Like, this is an interesting twist, but maybe is it not the most exciting one? Probably. Well, I don't know. Well, twists, I mean, the, the final explanation is interesting. I don't think it's a twist because it wasn't like you expected anything else. But the explanation of why all of these people care so much, I did enjoy that. It was logical, it made sense, it's believable within the world. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the kind of trick people to like get what he wants, you know, out of that situation, like that was cute or whatever. Uh, but I would not say that they were twists. I would say that the script progressed in a logical way, which many people aren't used to these days. Uh, yeah. So that would consider that as less. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I think the twist, like even then, uh, yeah, I would argue they're not like, this isn't like the, the sixth sense when you find out that like, you know, he was actually dead. Like that, It's not a twist like that. It's more just like, Oh, here's some reveals on some things, and you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, it was, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I'd agree. It's not really a twist per se. It's more just like, I don't know, just some ideas some people had. This movie just was very underwhelming for me in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think you, if you do want to watch it, it's because it's like got some schlocky kind of fun to it, I think. So there's that. Put together, maybe something fun. So, 
It's a new movie hitting Amazon Prime, stars Sylvester Stallone, and a few other people who you probably know. I think uh, it's also got the guy who played Euron Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. So it's got, got him as well. Um, yeah, this is a, I would say, an average movie at best. But I think it got a little saved for me by the ending, which I thought was a little unpredictable. Like, uh, I don't know how to like talk about it without spoiling it too much. But basically, like, it sets up that a certain character is somebody, and we just kind of go with that throughout the entire movie. And then at the end, it kind of reveals that this character is somebody else. And I thought the reveal of that was actually pretty interesting and pretty well executed. I don't think it necessarily saves the movie from mediocrity, but I, I was like, I was actually in awe of that twist. I'm like, actually, for a fairly dumb movie, this might be the smartest thing this movie ever does. So, yeah. Adam, I saw you, you saw the movie too, right, on Letterboxd? I did, yeah. I just watched it yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, the switcheroo was, uh, I was not really expecting that. Um, and I think if that didn't happen, I think the movie would have been a lot worse. Like, it just, yeah, so <laughs> at least there was one thing that wasn't super predictable. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the other beats and, like, the story beats and kind of, you just kind of predictable, like, I don't know. But, yeah, it was, I don't know, a pretty average movie. Yeah, a little too much exposition. Like, the movie kind of opened with all that, like, backstory about what had happened and, but then, like, during the movie, too, they also show you flashbacks from that, that like, same scene. And I'm kind of like, that is, like, a little much. Like, we kind of, we, like, we get it. We know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some of the dialogue was pretty bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, the dialogue was so cringe and yeah. for me. Like, He's like, you're going to watch your hero fall. And as they're fighting him, like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's um, it definitely seemed like dialogue from a movie pulled from like the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. I, I don't know. Stallone was okay. He's getting harder and harder to understand Stallone when he speaks, though. Oh, I had to interview him for this movie. I I fully know what it's like. Oh to boy. Trying to understand. Yeah. Him. yeah. The guy actually kind of needs subtitles, like <laughs> just to like okay. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it was, I don't know. It was all right. It's, it's not unwatchable, you know. It's, it's not no. the best superhero thing either. I think it's a one-time watch, like for most people. Like yeah. I don't see people going back and revisiting this. If you're gonna watch it the one time. You're gonna probably be a little bit intrigued by the twist, and then you're just gonna move on with your life. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need a whole like Samaritan shared universe or whatever. Oh hell no. So. Please don't. Yeah. I think when I was interviewing them, they kind of implied like this isn't like the whole appeal to the actors and the crew and all that was that this is like a one-off film. They are going to do like a universe. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give Samaritan like a seven out of ten, and I feel like that's being a little generous. Like it's probably closer to like a six, but I'll say seven because I think the the, the the twist was pretty cool, and I was like. Man, I did not see that coming. I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Seven, yeah. but realistically, it's probably closer to, like, a six. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it a six. But, yeah, I, I did like the twist, but... Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with a six, though. Yeah. 
Uh, and then finally is Hot for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Uh, it's a new movie starring uh, quite a few actual actors that uh, probably people would recognize. I'm just pulling up the cast list here. Uh, you've got Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. Uh, yeah, some, some pretty, pretty big name actors. Um, it's kind of about these, like, this uh, Southern Baptist megachurch and the two people that kind of lead it. They kind of run, they kind of encounter some scandal and uh, they kind of lose their congregation, so they kind of have to work to regain it. Um, it was kind of interesting because, like, I was kind of wondering what what this was going to kind of be about totally because it kind of seemed like it was maybe going to be making fun of religion, but also at the same time, too, like, that could be a little iffy sometimes. Um, I think that for me it largely worked mainly because the, it almost kind of like struck me as a little bit mockumentary-ish and I think that's what worked so well. It wasn't necessarily making fun of uh, religion per se, more so these people that kind of use it for their altruistic gains. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like sort of the commentary on the mega churches and like the hypocrisy around that I thought worked very well. Uh, and then it helped that you have Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall kind of elevating the production, too. Um, yeah, and I think by the time the movie ends, there was a very interesting sort of look into what these people are like and, you know, sort of the, the problematic traits of these kind of mega churches and the people who lead them. So I thought it was very interesting. I think, like, some of the ideas you could have served with a little bit better execution. I think there were some areas where I was like, oh, that's a little underserved like it just felt like we could have used a little bit better execution on a few of those ideas but still was pretty good so i'd give it like a seven out of ten as well that's uh come to theater so you can check that out when it hits your movie plexes okay let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to uh recap she hulk and game of thrones or house of dragons and we got a movie club this week back in a bit
Alright, we're back. Um, <clears throat> okay, we got a recap. Let's talk about She-Hulk, episode 2. Uh, Katie, did you get a chance to watch She-Hulk? I did. Nice. What did you think of episode 2? I, I think I liked it more than episode 1. Um, there was a lot more going on, I feel like, and... It, it it showed the, I guess, the bad side of being, like, a person with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her struggle to find a job was very much human. And I really liked that about this character. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed this episode. Um, but that part where Bruce just zips into the galaxy was like, is, is it like leading into something or is it just like, oh, he's not going to be around. So this is why. Um, I don't know. I was confused about that. But other than that, I thought it was a fairly good episode. Um, it makes me want to continue watching. So I guess that's a good sign. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this episode definitely like ramps up a little bit. It kind of shows you more of like what the show's gonna be about. Um, yeah, like the big thing we get is like her visiting Emil Blonsky, also known as the Abomination, which is like a nice little callback to uh, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, there's also like a funny little line in this where Bruce, uh, played by Mark, Mark Ruffalo, is like, "I was a totally different person back then," and I would get laughed at that because like obviously. Edward Norton played him in that movie, so when he says I was a totally different person, I'm like, yeah, you were, you were a totally different person, so, yeah, stuff like that, like, the, the show shows that it kind of has, like, a very smart sense of humor about it, which yeah. I like. Um, Spark, did you get a chance to watch episode two? Yeah, I watched it. Um, it, was solid. It, was solid. it felt short, which is a good thing. I was, I was wanting more, so... Yeah, it's like 30 minutes or something like that. Like, the episode gets, it ends up being over pretty quickly, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was pleased overall. Like, it is a funny show, the, I mean, the kind of uh, social justice issues that some people were worried about in, in episode one are continuing to episode two, so I'm interested to see how people react to that, but I was, I was, I was entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- this episode was really just kind of like setting up because um, she got the new job working for, working as basically like the head of the superhero defense or super villain defense or whatever. So I think that was like very clearly them setting up like what she's going to be doing for the rest of the series. So, yeah. In some ways, it was like, okay, probably wasn't the most, uh, like, crazy plot, you know, that was going on. But it was still pretty, pretty good, nonetheless, so. Um, cool. What would you uh, rate this episode? Seven. Yeah, I feel like seven's about right. Ooh, a five? 7.5. Oh, 7. Oh, okay, I was going to say. I heard the 5, and I was like, oh, no. 
She gets in trouble. Kate's coming for her. No. Yeah, I feel like a seven's about about right. Um, I feel like there still could be a bit more kind of going on to keep things interesting, but the show writer did say that, like, episode four, it really starts to kind of, like, expand and get a little crazy, so looking forward to that. Cool. And then also there's House of Dragons or House of the Dragon. I can never seem to get the title of the show right. Even when I was, like, talking to my girlfriend, I'm like, do you want to watch Book of Dragons? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, later on, I was like, let's watch Dances with Dragons. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I can never get the title of the show right, but House of the Dragon. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the title of the show. Um, I know, uh, Adam, you got a chance to watch it. Did anybody else watch House of the Dragon? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Adam? Now that Game of Thrones is back in our lives. Yeah, I. You know, I. I actually really liked it. Um, I was not, uh, you know, a big fan of the way they finished uh, Game of Thrones, at least the last two seasons there. Uh, but this felt a lot like how the early seasons of Game of Thrones felt to me. Um, like a lot of uh, well-written kind of dialogue and politics. Um, pretty strong emotions and. Uh, they're setting up some uh, sort of family rivalries pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it. It felt like old school Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not, it's hard to say too much without really spoiling anything, but um, I thought there were some good twists. Um, it's kind of those like tragic moments that Game of Thrones is kind of known for. Um, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it made me it made me excited for uh, for the next episode and to see see where this series the series goes. So yeah, I think it was really strong strong opening. It to me it did kind of feel like there was like a checklist of things they wanted to like show in the opening episode for better or for worse. And I think it mostly was all good, but it just felt like they're like ah uh, yes we need to have a major battle. Uh, we need to have some sort of Thing going on in an arena we need to have uh, a, a crazy dramatic birth scene like i don't know it didn't always feel the most natural but i do feel like it all kind of came together in the end um and i also get it too like the show is basically reintroducing us to this world introducing us to these characters which by the way i'm already confused by the names because these characters are named sometimes the same as characters other characters in this universe and i had to look it up and they're like uh, no, this is like a third person named this, and I'm like, fuck, why can't they just fucking name people different names? Like, just make it easy for me. But oh yeah, I, I have no idea who anyone's name is. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like when I, you know, I remember, yeah, with original Game of Thrones, it was like I would just be like, oh, it's, it's the red-haired lady, and there's the there's the white-haired person, and mm. you know, like I just have to come up with names. <laughs> but I was originally watching Game of Thrones. I actually had to rewatch episodes because I could just not understand people's names. So I'd be like. Yeah, it was like, like the first like three or four episodes. After that, I started to get into it. But yeah, this one is it's a bit different. Like the names are confusing, but it's more so just because like like we haven't gotten to this point. But it would almost be like if somebody was like, "Oh, this character's also named Daenerys," and then you're like, "Well, wait, we had a Daenerys in the other show." It, it's not as bad as that, but there are just a few moments where I'm just like, "What are you doing?" So. Anyways. The one thing I thought was a little cheesy too that kind of felt like. Like, they're just checking those boxes, as you said, like, where they had to end it with the, you know, the guy going, like, winter is coming, and, 
I'm like, all right, I'm like, I, I kind of wish we just stay away from that it's, since they did nothing with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I just try to forget about how anticlimactic that all was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually have, it's funny because I actually read the book that this is based off of, so I also kind of felt like as I was watching this, I was like, okay, like, I'm starting to, like, get the, um, like, I, I know enough about the story that I kind of can tell where things are going, so at least knowing that, like, I felt like they did a pretty good job of setting everything up. I, I, I we'll see, because who knows where, if they'll deviate from the story or not, they probably will. Um, but yeah, it definitely kind of felt like there was definitely a few moments where I was like, huh, like, interesting where they're going with this. Um, yeah, and there's dragons, lots of dragons in this, which is very, very promising. Yeah, we don't have to wait like eight seasons to see a dragon now, we just get dragons right away. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I have not read the book, so I, I have no idea what to expect, but, uh, yeah, just long for the ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, what would you give the first episode a score of? You know, the, this might be generous, but I'm going to give it a 9. I'm going to give it a hopeful 9. That does uh, feel a little generous, but... Also, at the same time, I get it, so... Yeah, it just, it felt like, you know, that season one of Game of Thrones, and I just, I really like that, that kind of style and politics, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, I just hope they can, I just hope they don't drop the ball, you know, just keep it good. Yeah. One sec. or something. There we go. Sorry. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll give this 8 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. I just felt like it was a little bit like checking checking numbers or checking boxes. Like, oh, let's make sure we got this, make sure we got this. And I think for the most part it was good because they kind of made a more consistent like return for Game of Thrones. But uh, yeah, it just did feel like it was a little bit paint by numbers, at least for now. I'm kind of wanting to see, like, you know, where they're going to take some risks with the story. Like, there's some stuff potentially they could be covering in this that I'd be really curious how people react to it. But, yeah. So, that is that. Okay. Um, Alright, let's move on to our movie club this week, which is She's Funny That Way. Spark chose this. As far as this a favorite movie of yours? Uh, it's not a favorite, but uh, for those of you that um, like a, a certain controversial director that loves New York, you want pretty much his vibe without it actually being him. This is a nice substitute. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. I had never seen this movie before, but... I saw that it has Owen Wilson, <laughs> so I was like, oh. so I was like, it's not famous people. 
yeah, it does. Yeah, there's quite a few. You've got Owen Wilson, Imogen Poots, Catherine Hahn, Jennifer Aniston, Will Forte, quite a few others. Um, yeah. I, I think, like, some of the performances were a little wonky for me in this. Like, Imogen Poots in particular, like, uh, I don't know. Her performance was just, like, it wasn't necessarily bad, but I was just like, what, like, what's going on with this? It was just a little strange. But I don't even know if I can fully describe it properly either, so. Yeah, dude, I'm, uh, I, well, okay, so I, um, I was preaching, yeah, she wasn't the best, but I didn't mind her. I was actually pretty caught off guard by Jennifer Aniston, um, because this role, I can't decide if I like it or I don't, like, Jennifer in her roles is either, like, either very likable or, like, very sexy or both. Uh, that's, those are kind of the two lanes. And she's neither in this, like, intentionally, obviously. Uh, and it, it just, it feels similar to Hancock, where they, like, took Will Smith and, like, made him an a-hole, which, like, is, like, you know, it's like having track and asking him to tell him shoot three. He's, like, they're not letting the person be good at what they're so good at. Uh, and I can't decide if I think that's admirable or dumb, but either way, it was very noticeable. Anyways, sorry, back. Uh, yeah. Anybody else watch this movie? I, I did not, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely could get why people would like this movie because it definitely kind of had like a like the movie felt very laid back in a way like it just felt like this didn't feel like a movie per se it felt more just like regular everyday-ish life if that makes sense yes it does the vibe is that like most movies have these huge moments but it very much felt like a day a day of the life mm. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. It just felt like we were kind of just watching people go about their daily lives. It didn't really feel overly structured in a way. So, cool. Uh, what do you think of first score, Spark? Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I like left it feeling like I don't, I don't know if this is good. I like need to hear other people's thoughts, but I know I liked it. Uh, and, you know, they're not always the same thing. So, I would say, for me personally, I would give it an 8. Um, but I don't, it's one of those weird things where I don't, I don't necessarily recommend this, right? Like, I, I yeah. need to know your taste first. But I quite enjoy it. And Catherine Hahn, we did discuss, uh, just continues to just never do poorly. And maybe, like, I mean, she's always... She's really a big goofball character, and she kills it, but I've just never been disappointed by it. Mm -hmm. So thoroughly impressed by her choices. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it, like, probably, like, a six. Like, it does, I I think the biggest complaint for me is I think the movie could have used a bit more structure. It could have used, like, a bit more kind of, like, I guess a traditional movie plot. And I think... Like, in some cases, I don't think you need to do that, but in some other cases, I think, yeah, you should. This is kind of a case where I was like, I could have used a bit more traditional storytelling. Just a bit more. Like, I still do think it was pretty good and pretty interesting. I just think it could have used a little bit more of a kind of 
oomph to it, more so to speak. Like it just kind of felt very kind of go with the flow. Uh, and in some ways I liked that, but in other ways I could have used a, a bit more. So yeah, I, I give it like a six out of 10. I think, I think you're right. I think someone's enjoyment on this is going to largely depend on their ability to enjoy kind of movies without, with non-traditional plot structures. So I think if you're up for that, you, you probably might enjoy this a bit more than others. But I think for people who are looking for your like three-act structure with some conflict and other stuff, like there's pretty much none of that in this movie. And this movie is pretty much just like everyday life for people, for some people. So, yeah. For better or for worse, that's what this movie is. So. Rude. Cool. It's not your score. Sorry? I said I agree with that with one. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I feel like that's such a, for me, score. Like, I feel like the same person could watch this and, yeah, agree with my points and probably give it, like, a higher score. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, next week we're going to the land down under. The Rescuers Down Under, which is on Disney+. Plus. So, we'll talk about that. Continuing my theme from the last time of slightly underrated Disney movies. So, The Rescuers Down Under, we'll talk about that next time. Well, speaking of, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.